prisoner of words unsaid. Just lonely feelings like the way in my head. Hi, welcome to this episode of Consensus Podcast. Over the last few weeks, we've been sad. It's been a sad and draining um, experience for um, all Black people across the world. And um, as it's as it's affected us as well, we have taken um, some weeks off to gather our thoughts and reflect on the injustices that Black people are facing um, around in the UK, especially and the US, from racism, killings to police brutality to rape and sexual assault. Um, I'm Jen and with me today I have Shaka and I'm representing the Green Party. Um, Julia, um, representing the Liberal Democrats. And I'm Koyan. Hi. Hi. Um, To join in the conversation, please follow us on our Instagram and Twitter page at the underscore consensus underscore and also use the hashtag, hashtag consensus podcast. So we're going to get into the conversation. Ladies, how have you been feeling over the um, last few weeks with, not not even just the last few weeks, last few months with everything that is going on? Hmm. Who wants to go first? Tired. Um. (laughs) I'll go. I am tired, exhausted, um, trying to stay, um, look after your mental health. Um, obviously when lockdown started it created a whole lot of situations for a lot of people in terms of um, losing your job um, some of people not getting furlough scheme and you know just many different things that were going on and people trying to figure out what was going on then at the same time black people were dying more so my stepdad um, got ill he had to be admitted to hospital because he had COVID, but then everyone we knew, all our aunties and everyone that we knew were all getting sick and dying type thing. So that was already a a pressure. Like, a, uh, it was, that was a pressure. Then everyone's at home, of course. So all this stuff is going on on, to, on on social media. And then you have the whole video of Amy Cooper, of that woman in America calling a, calling a police on a black man because the man told her to put her dog on a leash. And then you had, after that, the killing of George Floyd. And I think that building up under one pressure, we're watching, I remember seeing that video and thinking, here we go, this is just another one. We're feeling anxiety and feeling angry and feeling upset and thinking, we're going to forget about it in a few weeks. But what followed is not something that I ever expected um, and the fact that we're having this conversation, whilst it's great, it has really, really been draining. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's it. I'm sure we're going to go into a bit more, but that's essentially a synopsis of how I've been feeling about all of this. It's been quite heavy. Mm. I've had to take some time off and shut everything and be getting invited to contribute to so many different reviews, action plans. Um, I've been going to many different nails in my local area and protests as a local councillor as well. Everyone's like, what do I do? So it's having all your white friends suddenly coming up to you and asking you all these questions where you one time you want to be angry and say, look, I've all I've been telling you this, like mm-hmm. I've been telling you this from day dot, and now you you're the same person that was telling me it's not what I think it is, and minimizing my experience. But now you want to know, and I feel like saying fuck you, but at the same time, I'm happy they're asking. So therefore, I do want to tell them and use this opportunity 
um, yeah. as a way to make a real change. So mm. yeah, I'm gonna stop talking because if not, I'm just gonna rant. But that's actually <laughs> how I've been feeling. How how about you, Koyan? Yeah, so I definitely agree with you, Julia. Um, it's been such a draining process, and especially when also you have like your white friends or your um your non-black friends who are coming to you asking you so many questions like, what do I do? Like the funniest thing happened to me. Well, it's not even funny. It's just, it was weird. So basically this girl that I went to school with, she basically sent me um this really long message on Instagram, basically a letter apologizing for the world. So I was just like, what the like, what am I supposed to do with this information? She just kept on this, this this note was the most ridiculous thing. She was basically apologizing for the world. Like just it was just all sorts of rubbish. And I just couldn't, and it's just draining because I really don't need that on top of everything that's going on. But at the same time, as much as I'm feeling hurt and sad, I am also seeing a bit of optimism I'm a bit hopeful um and I think that change really does start from ourselves as well because it's going to be such a long process to get to long-term um to get to the long-term goals that we want and if we are able to contribute to the slightest thing then I think that's really important for example I was able to have a conversation with a headmaster of one of the schools that I went to and um something that I really hate um is the issue about like tolerance and you know the use of tolerance when it comes to the UK's tolerant or it being a value for a school because why because tolerance means that you're allowing me to exist so why would you tolerate me because of my skin tone why are you allowing me to exist because of my skin tone so from having that conversation with that headmaster that value is no longer going to be there for the next school term so I think having these conversations are actually really important and um being able to create that small change to get to the change that we really want to see in the future I'm kind of hopeful that we will eventually get there no matter how long it takes I'm hoping that we will eventually get there I hate the word tolerance. I hate it when political parties use it. The Lib Dem use the ones open, fair, and tolerant, and I ripped them to shreds at every opportunity. And they changed it to inclusive. I'm like, thank you, that's better. I refuse to use that word. It was our slogan for a while, and I refuse to use it in anything in the local party. I'm like, nope, I don't want to be tolerated. The fact that they don't understand that that word is such a dangerous and toxic word to use is what's even worse. Like the fact that you have to tell someone that you shouldn't be saying that you tolerate them. Like, come on, use some sense. Shaka, how do you um, feel about um, what's been going on? Um, I mean, really very similar um, to what Julia and Quinn have said. I mean, that like generally feeling exhausted um, by it all, um, but also maybe like cautiously hopeful I think we've seen like what's happened over the last couple of weeks is kind of galvanized people in a way that I've never seen so I think there's this kind of sort of dual feeling of one being like exhausted and like oh my gosh I can't believe we're still here having this conversation I just can't believe we're still having these arguments I can't believe you know there's that where it's just tiring and depressing and then there's also this like kind of like yeah, cautious hope almost that I'm seeing um, new people join this conversation. Um, you know, more young people who, you know, came out on the streets who have been protesting um, the protests, how they've been consistent and um, sustained essentially. Um, and now we're at a point now where I think we can start to think about 
what we actually want like what does what does um what does the end goal look like what does success look like you know what I mean like what is this what is this fight for um and I think there's some like really uh potential to start to really um mold some really clear demands um yeah and I'm not necessarily even a fan of inclusive either I don't know I'm not like necessarily a fan of all these like because again it just sort of suggests that uh you know you're kind of you, you kind of come in bowl in hand to be let in to some like exclusive club. Um, and yeah, I, I'm not like, I, I really think it sort of feeds into like a victim, like the victim narrative and mentality. Um, even though clearly uh, black bodies are victim of state violence, you know, um, and state oppression. Um but yeah, I mean, it just, it's just tiring. It's just, it's very sad. It's been very emotional, um, very triggering. And um, but here we are. I definitely echo everything that all of you have said. Um, I've been feeling like really, really like drained, upset, angry, um, more so because I've been one of those people that have been speaking on this issue for a long time saying, you know, we in, in the UK, we have... Um, the structures are racist, etc. Um, even speaking about, you know, the racism that um or the anti-blackness that people face within the Labour Party and um just in political parties in general. And um it's like I've been seeing all of these videos um over the last couple like couple of years and stuff, and it's like I've I haven't been desensitized to it and it's really and it's just been really ang- like it's angered me. Like I'm, I'm angry now because more people are. Um, when we were telling people, okay, these are, um, these things are happening. They were trying to dismiss it. They were dismissing it, and it's like now because COVID is, um, COVID has made everyone less busier. It's like people are now taking what we're saying in and reflecting on it. But it's like, why did it have to take um for COVID and the whole George Floyd situation? for people to realise that, okay, yes, there there is um, racism, there is white privilege and stuff. I just feel like we should have been, this should have been sorted or been dealt with a long time ago. Um, and yeah, I'm hope, you know, you guys are hopeful that there's going to be change. I'm seeing change happen in, Amer- in America, but I'm not seeing nothing happen here yet. So I don't know about that. However, saying that, we do know that when things happen in America, it does like kind of trickle down to the UK. So maybe there might be some change and stuff. So there's something that I wanted to discuss because Shaka says she doesn't believe in um, inclusivity. So we've we're, there's a lot of stuff or a lot of companies who call themselves diverse and um, diverse. So everyone says that they're, you know, they do like diversity and inclusion training and stuff. What are you, what are the rest of you, um, what are the rest of the ladies' thoughts on what Shaka said? Julia, Queen, who wants to go first? All right. Um, so I think I kind of understand where Shaka's coming from, but um, my only thing is inclusivity is better um, than um, tolerance. And that is just semantic. But on a deeper level, Inclusive, whether you use inclusivity or whether you use tolerance, it's meaningless if there's no actual work to do the things that you need to do to create an inclusive or tolerant environment for everyone that works or 
whether it's work, anywhere. So what we have been finding and what we have seen in the past and actually what has been coming out during this whole madness is people publicly proclaiming, except actually from not really the the lobbying sector, I've been quite surprised at how quiet they are and the level of everyday racism within that sector it is wild. They are the one that drove me to have the numerous mental health issues that I've had um, so far in my in my lobbying career. But anyway, my point is this. A lot of companies are now you know, almost jumping on the wagon, per se, um, but they're not actually doing the real work. It's all well and good you say we need to do better, but if your board, if your staff, if they do not represent what you're claiming, then there's no point. And in the past, companies have been so great in using diversity as part of their CSR, but they've not really done anything. They will never promote their ethnic minority staff that they get in once they've done all of the different programs to get them in. When it comes to promotion and elevating within that sector, you're now hitting a barrier. And that's the same with political parties. They want you to be in front of photos, but when you actually want to make real change in the background, you're meeting barriers. And obviously all the usual tropes that we know is thrown at you. So I think for me, Yes, I think the whole debate about intolerant or inclusivity, I think that's a moot point because the thing we should be focusing about is what is actually being done in practice. <laughs> I definitely echo that, um, Julia, with um, what you're saying, especially in terms of organisations and political parties about promoting, um, you know, their their um, staff and also not even just staff, but um CLP officer roles as well, um, constituency officer roles. So I think things, what you're saying is is right. Sorry, I just wanted to say that I completely agree with exactly uh, echo what Julia just said. Um, I think you, you're right. I think it is a, a matter of semantics in terms of tolerance or inclusivity. I definitely don't like to, like tolerant either. Absolutely, completely agree with that. But I think it's just the way in which, um, you know, it... it like I said, it, it kind of insinuates that there's an exclusive in club that we kind of want in on. And that just feels like what that can lead to is tokenism, which I think absolutely you've, you've mentioned, Julia, and you just said as well, Jen, is that, you know, you, you end up like where we, you know, you're asking for diversity. And like you say, all the promotional materials all have, you know, black faces um, mm. or BAME faces. And really what it's not, it, it's, they, they want uh diverse faces but not diverse voices and there's a that's a really real big difference um and it definitely I, I have to say uh I found the same to be true within the uh, within the Green Party as well um you know you know and particularly in London where you know it's a very multicultural city um and there's a great desire to be seen to be diverse um uh, but really, you know, it, behind the scenes, when it comes to real power structures, really a real access to power, real access to um, making a difference, you know, it's nominal, I'd say, like if what, that. Like what, yeah, like what someone once said once when I was complaining about this, actually a white woman within the Lib Dems, she said, it's like being invited to the party, but no one asks you to dance. I was like, woo! Oh my God, that's it. Yeah, I actually agree with everything that everyone has said. And um, 
it was especially evident um, towards the beginning of the campaign where, you know, there was that day where a lot of companies and a lot of people were just doing black boxes on Instagram, for example. And for me, I find those kind of things dangerous because they're very performative gestures and it um, allows companies to make, you know, meaningless statements with no real actions. And it means that they can take the easy route out and then people can actually think that, oh, yeah, this is a non-racist company or these are good people when actually they don't want to do the work. So when it comes to things like um, when it comes to a movement, they just want to take the easy way out and the simpler way is just by putting a black box. But you, have you even done any research? Have you read upon the issue? Have you spoken to people? Like, what was the point of you putting a black box if you don't actually understand what it is you are putting that black box for? Or if you're not even willing to engage in conversation? So for me, a lot of performative gestures are really irritating me, especially also when MPs are kneeling. Like, that is pissing me me off performative gestures are just so it's just so irrelevant like stand the f up like what were you doing like you're in a position of power also and you're just being performative and then you have um then you have our foreign secretary who is so racial uh, he was so insensitive to the idea of thinking that people kneeling came from the game of thrones like how can you be so insensitive and the fact that you are also a foreign secretary means that you don't even know the reasoning behind why people were kneeling in the first place like it's just oh it, I just, it just was blowing my mind oh my god Koyin, on that one not even that it's the way he said it that dismissal and then go off to make a joke afterwards like i only kneel to the queen of my wife <laughs> yeah. i was just like what and the thing is no one was even asking like the thing is for me personally I don't want him to be kneeling like for me that means nothing but don't then go and be so dismissive and insensitive to one not know the actual reason as to why they were doing it in the first place it was an it was a reaction to police brutality and racism so why are you laughing and making out like it's a game of thrones joke like that's just so insensitive and for that to come from someone in a position of power and a cabinet member it just goes to show that you're not taking this seriously. And they're out of touch as well. So, um, yeah, definitely are oh, with performative politics. Oh, don't even get me started. The Labour Party, man, oh, they 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 went outside on the on the green to go and take a knee, and then Keir Starm and Angela Rayner did it in their um in their office. And I was just thinking, okay, all of you are doing this, but how many um black people have you guys employed in all of your offices? Um, and, you know, in Angela and um, Keir's office, how many black people are in senior positions? How many black people are working in Labour HQ? How many black people are in senior leadership positions? Don't be talking about, oh, yes, we stand with black people when we're not doing things in our own house. When you look at CLP, um, CLP is um, constituency Labour Party um, official roles. Most of the black people are either BAME officer roles or women officers. There's hardly any that are chairs and all that kind of stuff. And same as ways when you're looking in the council um, um, seats, when it comes comes to cabinet positions, how many black people are are in those positions? For me, it's just like, yeah, I I I don't want your gestures anymore. I want you to do the work. All of this right into the prime minister and doing your outrage in the chamber. That's not cutting it for. That's not cutting it for me anymore. How many of them are donating to black-owned charities or black-owned organizations or even helping them do things? Like, let's. We need to keep it real out here. 
Like, they're in a position of power. There's a lot that they can do, but everything that they want to do, they just want to do it for show on... Um, what do you call it on 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 Instagram and and Twitter to and by put by kneeling down now, man. I need to see you guys do more. Like we need proper action, not performative action. Sorry, Julia, you wanted to say something. No, I one hundred percent agree with you, and all parties are guilty of this. Like for example, what was it when um Sophie Ridge? I thought this was perfect. Was asking um was it Don? Oh, Matt Hancock, the health secretary. Uh, how many uh black people was employed was in the cabinet now? And then he said, "Well, we've got." And then he mentioned Sajid and Pretty, and then Sophie was like, "No, I mean black." And then he's saying, then he started mentioning people that were formerly in the cabinet, not currently in the cabinet. The same um, criticism will be, and can be levelled with the Liberal Democrats. I'm still the first black person to be elected as a Lib Dem in Haringey. So everyone has got a part to play. It's all great. And that goes back to what we're saying. It's all great that everyone is coming up and saying, we want to do this, we want to do better. And recognising that they need to do better and looking in. The proof will be in a pudding, whether or not they do what it is that they want to do. And also, we need to stop letting them get away with it. We need to be holding the foot, the feet to fire. There's no point in you saying blah, 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 and then you don't do nothing. The one thing I will say about the Lib Dems, though, we've been doing this for ages. We've been calling for Stop and Search to be banned. We've been doing this, and we're still doing it now. There's no point in debating it. It needs to be banned for all of the reasons that I've talked about before in the past. Also, on the council, we were even going to put in a motion for us, for London, to ban uh, facial recognition. Luckily now, businesses are coming to say they don't want to, they're not going to um, go forward with it. And that's, they've actually paused it. So I could say there are certain tangible things that we have been doing in the past, because by essence of the Lib Dem policy, we're meant to be, you know, equal. But we don't look anywhere close to what it is that we want to be and I find that so frustrating there are some people in the background going on and on at them I am known if any at any event anywhere I am that annoying person that will always bring up race to the point where I start to see people rolling their eyes but I don't care and your point on um when Matt Hancock was asked um you know, how many black um, people in this cabinet and he tried to say BAME. This is the issue that I have with using the term BAME. Whenever they're asking people about black, black people, African and Caribbean people, we always hear things like, oh, but yes, we have ethnic ethnic diversity. I'm sorry. When we're talking about, let's please talk about black people. If you want to talk about Asian people, talk about Asian people. Let's be specific. Let's let's stop grouping us because yes, there are some struggles that we have that are similar, but there are also a lot of um, struggles that we have that are different. We need to have more conversations about that and and be more accepting of that. And then for me, like I'm I'm an advocate of and people to vote for whoever they want to vote for but then I'm it's now like I'm looking I'm thinking like all the black people that voted the conservatives and say oh the conservatives care about our our struggles and all that kind of stuff and I'm like well they had to be forced. people had some of the um ministers had to be forced to come out to say something beforehand they weren't saying anything do you know what I mean like I think the prime minister was silent for so long before he actually said something um yeah queen I think just going off that point is basically the fact that I think when it comes to the black community and 
you know, our long-term goals or how we feel. Unfortunately, well, it's not even unfortunate, to be honest. The fact of the matter is we're actually not a homogeneous group. We're not all the same. Not all Black people are going to want the same thing. And not all Black people are going to want the same response to racism, for example, or the same response um, to the issue. So, and I hope oh, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to say we have been saying this whole we're not a monolith thing. We've been saying this on this podcast forever. Carry on. Sorry. I just wanted to say we've yeah. been saying it. Yeah, people we... are listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm saying this and I'm saying that the problem is, is that the difficulty is, is that you're going to have people. Obviously, our overarching goal is that we should be treated as equal and we should be treated as individuals that are, all of our lives matter. All black lives matter. That should be, that's the main overarching goal. However, you're going to have people on the left and the right having different ways in which they view the issue at hand and how to respond to that issue. The problem then is that we're just going to have conflict in how to resolve it. So for me, I'm always struggling to feel like, how do we find that common ground that enables us to ensure that all Black lives do matter? And I'm one of those people that also, I feel like just because someone doesn't agree with how you perceive something to be or how you would want something to be solved I don't think that we can just be questioning someone's blackness or be insulting them because of their view because again as we've been saying black the black community is wide and vast and there are so many people that you're not going to have the same view as each other and I just think that if we're saying that all black lives matter if someone who doesn't agree with you um if someone who is black and doesn't agree with you, I don't think that you should be questioning their their blackness and be calling them names because that's kind of hypocritical if you're saying all black lives matter, but except you who doesn't have the same viewpoint as me. Um, I just wanted to kind of just add that in there. I definitely agree with what you're saying, Koyin. However, my thing is when it comes to um, black people dying, I'm sure all black people think this, all black people are thinking, no, this is, this is not fair. This needs to be dealt with. So... In that, that sense, I, in that sense, I feel like we do, um, as a collective, a lot of us do think like that. But in terms of, um, um, like voting and stuff like that, I hear what you're saying, and 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 and, and on other issues, I hear what you're saying. But for me personally, it's like with me, I'm if I'm if I'm supporting a party, I'm gonna want my party to come out and speak on issues like this because I'm a black person, and a lot of these things affect me, and you know. Like I said, I criticise the Labour Party because I just feel like they're not doing enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel like it's like, okay, like people who vote, black people who vote the Conservative, how do they, how are they feeling about the way their government is handling this issue at hand? Because I, I personally, I haven't seen any of the 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 con, black Conservatives who are, who are out there on socials actually saying say, criticizing or or questioning the government on how they are um, um handling the situation i get you but that's why i'm saying that the different views and how they're handling the situation is gonna because trust me i'm i'm with you i i'm very critical and i'm being critical of this current situation and how i feel like they're responding to it but for example a black mp may not have this it's not going to have the same viewpoint that I even have but I think that's why I'm saying that a lot of the solutions that I think everyone agrees that racism does exist but the problem is is that there is no real consensus on how to address that problem 
And that's the, like that, that's the issue that I'm finding is that how are we as a community going to find that ground to ensure that both sides are represented and all Black Lives Matter and we're creating um, um, we're creating a better country for the betterment of all Black people. And that's where I'm struggling to find that middle ground, that how are we going to build that gap between the left and the right? Hear what you're saying, Queen. I think you're right, um, because I think there's, you know, when we talk about diversity, you know, we also think about, I th- or I also think about diversity of thought, diversity of ideas, diversity of culture, um, and that can be race, uh, or ethnicity, uh, class, um, age, all sorts of things, you know. Um, but in terms of, uh, in terms of, like, a, like a long term plan, I think wh- while there is this attention on this issue, and there seems to be a, a real urgency um, and a real fever almost at the moment in a way that hasn't been present before. I really do think it's a time for us to knock our heads together um, and think about what, like you say, what does it look like on paper? I mean, because you're right, Queen, I think like someone like myself, um, I absolutely <laughs> going to say that C word again. Um, but I, you know, it has to be the dismantling of systems of oppression, including racism, but all systems of oppression. Um, and I think that the capitalist project is innately in like racism is innately inbuilt in it. So for someone like me, <laughs> for someone like me, part of part of anti-racism has got to be dismantling uh, capitalism. Um, but I know for, that's not going to necessarily that could be quite that that's probably quite radical for someone else um or maybe like you know someone like uh yourself queen like you know in terms of seeing actually um you know buying into the capitalist model and you know getting a seat at the table is actually you know a form of, of advancement actually um so there is a diversity of of yeah. thought about how to go forward um yeah i think just going back to that capitalist point it's just that i think it's difficult as well because I mean, it's not just exclusive to capitalist states and we're seeing racism in socialist countries. I mean, look look at what China is basically doing to their ethnic minorities at the moment as well. Like that is that is awful. So I think that racism has just been it's just so old that it comes way before these economic structures. So I think that it goes a lot more complicated than just dismantling an economic structure because it goes way beyond that. Yeah, I completely agree because I think as well, um, obviously we've now all been learning and trying to we're now discovering new words to disco- to describe some of what we've always known but have never been really been able to articulate. And I think one of them is that whilst, you know, racism and slavery in itself was sort of based around this whole capitalist construct, the development of racism to justify slavery never went. So therefore it's not just a capitalist society um, that is prone to racism. Like Coyne said, it will be everyone because that notion of the development of racism as a concept to justify slavery is what we're still suffering through now. I agree with that. I think there's 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 been a notion, like a universality of, and we know that's when we talk about um you know, in terms of whiteness and, you know, the proximity to whiteness is is proximity to, you know, good things, health, power, money, um, you know, uh, 
on, on all these things. And that is, and it's true, it, this is worldwide um, and not necessarily connected um, to like, maybe you want to say capitalist um, countries. I mean, yeah, like anywhere you go in the world, the darker your skin, um, uh, you know, the, the, the more disadvantages you face. Um, and I think that is true across the world. Um, but I would still say capital, capitalism as an internationalist project has had that uh, that spread around the world and essentially, you know, has those those ideas have been spread through that model. Um, it's an extremely powerful um, model for creating uh, wealth, um, siphoning off wealth to a small minority of people. Um, and like you said, I think it's very much inbound in 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 racism because the way in which you have to justify some people being dehumanized under that under that system um because that's what capitalism requires it requires for there to be an underclass it requires for there to be some people that have to get uh trodden underneath the um underneath the wheels um so you know I, I think they're intimately bound. I, but I, I also think that any system of or any 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 uh, any human rights movement, which is which you know, which is anti-racism, has to be part of other forms of dismantling, other forms of oppression as well. Um, and then we know when we talk about intersectionality, um, you know, with with other forms of uh, for want of a better word, identities or, um, uh, you know, other people that, that face disadvantages and oppression um, because of the social norms, the dominant social norms that we live in. Um, and I just want to see more of that. But I think I think more than that, and just want to finish this point, more than what I, less so I, I, I find myself talking in the negatives and I don't want to do that. <laughs> she says, so talking in the negative again, I want to talk about more of what we do want to see, like I, what the kind of world that we want to live in, the kind of world that um, we want to build. And I would love to see us have more conversations like that um, and talking the more of the, the positive rather than, you know, uh, we, no, we, we seem to have a very, very clear understanding about what's wrong. Um, but I think we do need more ideas about, Right. What what does it look like? How would we put it right? What 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 would that world look like? And inspire action in that way as well. Um. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I, we will come back to that. Um. In terms of um, how what we as individuals, as black individuals who support different parties, um, what we would like to see. But I just want to move on to a few other things because time is quite short. Um. So I wanted to ask about um, the protests. Um, obviously, there were a few protests in... Obviously, there have been protests in America, but I want to focus on the protests in the, U- in the UK. So obviously, I went to one of the Black Lives, Black Lives Matter protests in... Um, the meeting point was Parliament, and we went down to the American embassy, I think it was. And um, for me, I felt like the protest was peaceful. There wasn't no beef no nothing um but by the time I got home and I saw on the um tv that oh what I saw on um, social media that a girl had been hit by a horse and um stuff like that and I was just like when did it get to that stage that police are charging into the crowds because from what I was witnessing the crowd was um 
the crowd was calm. So I just want to find out, um, you know, did you guys go to any of the protests? And also, what? how did you feel when the, the right-wing white people came to do their counter-protests? Who would like to go first? Um, I didn't go to any of the protests. And um, my first thought was that how sad is it that in the middle of a pandemic, we feel that we have to there's an urgency for us to go and protest um against this massive issue just want to add that it's actually quite funny that um in parliament last week i think there's now a ban that there's a ban against um all protesting um in light of covid 19 as well so i don't know what you guys' thoughts are on that um and whether you think that that's trying to suppress you know the freedom to protest and the freedom of speech um i think that the response from the far left, the far right to the protest was just absolutely ridiculous because they didn't know what they were protesting against. Um, I think, again, what the problem was is that a, a lot of our protests were becoming about things that were not the key messaging, for example, with statues. Um, they were coming to fight for a statue that, first of all, they didn't actually really know the meaning they didn't even know which statue they were coming to protect and they didn't really understand why they were going there. They were trying to fight the police who were trying to do the same thing that they were. So it's just all a big mess, to be honest. In terms of the um, the um, statue of Churchill, I know there was quite a few people that were saying, oh, um, you know, Winston Churchill did a lot of stuff for the United Kingdom. And I hear that, but my thing is... Um, you, um, he's also he was also a racist. So if we're gonna if we're gonna celebrate the good, we also need to acknowledge the bad and also speak about it. Because when it's when it's black people who have done stuff in the past that you know may have committed a crime and stuff, we 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 always want to bring that up and never want to celebrate their goodness or how they have changed. So why is it okay for someone like Winston Churchill and all these white slave masters and all these people that have done horrendous things to black people, we we we, we only celebrate the good things and we never acknowledge the bad things. Things like that really irritate me. Um, so that's the point I wanted to make. Julia, you wanted to speak? Um, yeah, so on the protest, um, I think before... Number one, I think that there shouldn't be any pressure for anyone to go to a protest, number one. Um, given the circumstances we're in, there are people, there are different types of activism. And the, this whole culture of if you went there, then it didn't happen, it's ridiculous. I remember, like, my sister, um, one of her white friends was messaging us, I better see you at the protest tomorrow, and basically trying to make her feel bad for not wanting to go to the main protest. What the hell? And and then my sister's messaging me, feeling really bad. Like, oh, I think we should go to this, you know. And I was like, why? Oh, because this girl, I was like, you know what? You need to block that girl right now. How dare she? She blocked her in the end. There's no way that no one could ever make you feel bad. But personally, because I didn't want to go to the main protest, because I didn't, I don't want to catch COVID and I don't want to die, especially we have been dying the most. So what I did for me to be able to social protest across Haringey, we've set up different nails in different locations and that allows us to be able to do our eight minute nail. Um, we can speak and then that's our way of, of 
um, showing solidarity, but also making it quite localised because there are many people that have died in Harringay, most notably Mark Doggan um, and Joy Gardner, which who died in um, Crouch End. So that's what I've been doing. We go, we kneel every different days of the week in different locations. In my area, Moswell Hill, we set one up recently. We opened it on Sunday. Lots of people turned up. And then we go and kneel every Thursday. So I just think that everyone should be able to do what they can do. You can donate, you can do whatever the hell you want to show that you care for the cause. Number two, on the whole Churchill thing, oh my God, the way the conversation has flowed just showed how much, how little black people matters. Because it's always that, yes, it may have been a racist, but... So let's dismiss the fact that he was a racist because he did all of this. Let's dismiss the fact that he was a eugenist. There isn't even any willingness to acknowledge the bad that he did. It's more that that doesn't matter because he did X, Y, and Z and he was great. And that is a testament to yeah. how low and little the society and this country um, cares about us. The fact that those far-right mobs could go in to protect, I'm doing air quotes and then fighting police that blatantly highlights their privilege and their dumbness and I think to me I'm happy that Black Lives Matter cancelled all that protest because it just allowed the UK to show itself and therefore dispel all of that stupid argument that all of this has happened it's only in America though because the UK is different which we all know is cool yeah no I, I definitely agree with you. And in terms of all the, the what you said about the, the things that you're doing in Harrogate, I really um, think it is great. That's like in um, in the borough of Greenwich um, on last Sunday, which was, what date was last Sunday? Um, anyway, last Sunday, we had young people doing a protest. It was called Kids Against Racism and kids with their parents did like a little march in a park in Plumstead. And it was so like refreshing to see. And that's what I've, I've although I went to the protest, I've also been saying to like my friends that, do you know what, what we need to do is organise um, different like things in our own um like constituencies or in our own boroughs where we can go to like specific landmarks and do protests there or you know maybe go to the local MPs offices and go and do protests there you know like it doesn't just have to be we all link up in central and go for the big protests and stuff however um when I did go to the big protests to be fair there were a lot of our there were a lot of people well especially around where I was um, wearing masks, um, we're, wearing masks and scarves over their face. People were wearing gloves. Um, pe- there were pe- there were nice people. Some white people giving out like water to us and giving us like hand sanitizers. And if people didn't have masks, they were also passing out masks and stuff. So the people were taking into consideration the fact that um, obviously um, COVID is happening and that COVID is still around and stuff. So just wanted to highlight that. And then I just wanted to quickly move on before we talk about something else um, about um, how Preeti Patel um, handled the situation in um, the chamber when Flo Eshalomi basically spoke about black lives. And for me, I thought she was quite dismissive by saying, you can't tell me about racism because um, um, I'm Asian. And the thing is, Flo wasn't talking about Asian people at that point in time. She was talking about black people. And this is the type of anti-blackness that we have within um, society and that needs to be addressed as well. Um, 
So, like, um, I just wanted to see your thoughts. Koyin, what do you what did you feel about that whole I mean, um, scenario? I like haven't actually... I don't know exactly what Flo said, but if she was just talking about racism, then, I mean, I think pretty... I think it's this thing about insensitive, being insensitive and not really um, understanding because the fact that she herself faced racism... I mean, that in itself is a bad thing. And the whole point is that we're trying to eradicate racism full stop. You have to acknowledge that racism exists and that black people are, for the simple fact that a black man has died because of his skin tone and the fact that black people are speaking up about it, I think you have to have some, especially in a position where you're in the cabinet, you have to be sensitive towards the situation. And that doesn't mean that you are going to agree, like I said before, with the solutions that people like um, Labour MPs are going to put forward, but you cannot dismiss their experiences and the same thing is that I don't think that her experiences should be dismissed because she has faced a lot of racism and even in the midst of everything that's going on on Twitter I have seen some quite racist um you know things being said about her on Twitter and the thing is what we're trying to do is eradicate racism as a whole so it would be hypocritical of us to say that we want to eradicate racism but not for you but that's not to say that you sh- your experience is t- going to overshadow someone else's. I think that you have to be sensitive about that in certain situations. And I don't think that she should have dismissed Flo. She was literally talking about black lives. Like, so for, for Preeti to turn around and say that we shouldn't lecture her on racism, that, that's, that for me, I felt like was very dismissive. Yeah, like, dismissive. I get what you're saying that when we're talking about racism in general we're talking about all forms of racism i agree with that completely but at that point in time and that statement it was about black people yeah and my thing is even a letter was sent from like um you know the bame the bame mp state even as asians we understand that there's certain things that we face that um there's certain things that black people face that we don't face and that is that is what i'm talking about um that's what i'm what i'm alluding that's what i'm alluding to when i'm saying that like Yes, we all face racism and stuff like that, but should we were at that point in time we were talking about specific things, and this is this goes back to the point of when where they asked Matt Hancock, oh, how many black people is in your cabinet, and he tried to bring it back to the bame. It's it's just another dis- being dismissive, it's dismissive of, yeah, and it's, it's anti blackness, and we need to be calling these things out. Did you want to finish your point? Sorry, I just wanted to. No, 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 no. I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. Like it was just the wrong time to use her own experience when we're talking about something. Yeah. It's basically like yeah. we're saying black lives matter, but then you're saying all lives matter. Like all racism is important, but okay, we're focusing on this specific one because this one is what is prominent at the moment. That's not to dismiss you, but we are focusing on this at present and how is the government going to combat this Uh, I think for me the question that I had was um, whether or not what you guys thought of the um, the letter from um, Labour which Jen mentioned which is essentially was um, accusing pretty of gaslighting other minority communities so there's been a lot of uh, criticism of that letter basically saying that labor are basically saying that only they have a monopoly on what racism should be and that pretty doesn't what do you guys think how i read it was okay yes we all know that we have um racism um, we all face racism but there's there's specific things that black people face that asian people don't face so that's what i got from it i don't know if i've got much to add to that other than i i mean i didn't read the late the letter from labor 
Um, but I, I mean, it, I mean, I don't know what I expected from, I, I've never seen Pretty Patel, uh, you know, um, be compassionate and thoughtful. <laughs> like, I just don't expect, I just don't expect that from her. So it didn't really surprise me. Um, but I think you're right, Coyin. I think that, you know, if we, you know, if we, when we we're going to be anti-racist, it has to be for everybody, um, even, you know, even those people whose opinions we disagree with um, politically. So. Um, uh, yeah, and I agree that I think um, I think our racism that's against black people is very specific, um, and I think yeah, I, I think there's a, a a benefit in in um, uh, in terms of like basically pooling that and actually being like no no we're talking about this very very specific racism that affects us in a very specific way. We're running out of time, so I just wanted to ask um, the, um, all of you what. Um... How do you feel um, we could start to make change um, in the black community towards um, eradicating racism? Um, Yeah, so Shaka, as you mentioned it, um, would you like to go first? Yeah, sure. We've only got a few minutes, so can we keep it kind of short? Yeah, no worries. I mean, I really really want to see... I really want to see... back to Africa discussions. I really would like to see um, the African Union being strengthened, um, the CARICOM being strengthened and seeing uh, reparations. I want to see um, drop the debt in um, in, Afri- um, in uh, African countries and the Caribbean. Um, I want to see protectionist industri- um, industries, um, a green revolution and, um, and basically a way back for the diaspora to go back um, to those countries potentially. I think for me, mine is more practical <laughs> and more day-to-day. I think for me it's just we need more black people in the political system. There are a few of us there now, but we need more. Hopefully this will spur more people on to vote and uh, people need to start understanding the power of the black community in terms of the money and the voice because when you start to make that clear, that's when the people that need your vote will start doing the things that you want. Um, that's just one step. We need to change the curriculum. I'm great to see campaigns around that. Um, the issue of reparation, I'm so glad that they're coming back. It's good to see roads and streets across the country being reviewed. So we're currently doing a review at the moment and we're going to put, I'm going to put forward a number of British black people that should be commemorated and have streets named after them. So we're starting to talk about it like we've never have done. And this can only well, like what someone said earlier, cautiously optimistic. Can I just add, sorry, I just really want, can, can we really have like economic and political leverage and power in countries within which we are minorities if our home countries aren't strengthened and have political power um, internationally and, and have a leverage in terms of when when certain injustices happen within these countries, um, we, there's no recourse um, so yeah, I know it's another show. Uh, maybe I'm opening up a, a box of worms there, but I just wanted to add that I do agree with you, Julia. But that's just that's basically why I why uh, I take the position. I I a quick answer to that is why can't we have both? Because yeah, we can all go back to our home country. Doesn't mean, go back to somewhere back in Africa. Doesn't mean it's our home. You know, true, um, true. It doesn't mean that we, think... we recognize that. Why can't we have both? Yeah. 
and even it's not easy, it's not easy and even go, yeah even just just to even quickly add on to that point like even going back to Africa the problems there are just that's a whole conversation in itself but um back to the question but back to the question that I had I think that the onus cannot just be on black people um white we really still need to have these conversations on identity politics white privilege and um I saw that the government is going to do um, a review on racial inequality. I mean, every prime minister that I'm aware of has always commissioned this kind of review. I think it's what's going to be different, what's going to be new. Um, I think, wouldn't it be better to, you know, implement things that have been from past reviews instead of just doing a whole new one? A review is going to take a long time. We need action now. So I'm not hopeful about this review. Um, I just think it's an easy way out. Oh my God, another review. I'm sick and tired of reviews when it comes to um, racism and ethnic minorities. We need to like, just stop. Like, less they when a review is done, recommendations are are put um at the end. Why are we not following those recommendations? Why are what? we not taking those recommendations into? A- I'm sorry, Jen. That mm-hmm. review is stupid. Right? It's bullshit. Number one, you the person that's leading that review is a fucking joker. I'm swearing because I'm really what? angry. What? The government wait, review. Wait, 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 wait. Which review are you talking about? The new one. The new government yeah. one. Um, I'm talking about old. I'm talking about old. I'm talking about the old ones. Why can't they implement? That's, that's what I'm saying. saying. We can implement exactly. We're not even doing the old one. I will implement. Yeah. We're putting in another stupid new one that means yeah. absolutely nothing. And you've got someone in there who doesn't actually believe institutional racism exists. I think, it's oh. I think when we come to her, though, like I think it's difficult. Like um, I don't really know much wait, about wait, her. Minera Mizar, I hope I spell I pronounce her name right. Um, so she basically, yeah, I think she's the number it. ten. She's the head of number ten policy department or whatever. I think first of all, it should be independent. I don't think it should be from someone who's in number ten. I don't think it should be an MP either. I think it should be um very independent. However, so I don't really know much about her. So I thought instead of making a judgment offhand, I'm going to read some of her articles that she's um done. Um, I think with her it's complicated because some things I agree with and some things I think she is completely wrong and very simplistic. And I think that she focuses a lot on social um economic issues, but the fact is that you can't remove racism from that because a lot of social um socioeconomic um factors occur because of racism. So the two kind of go hand in hand, but she kind of dismisses that. Um the problem also with her is that she doesn't dismiss racism, she just dismisses the solutions that maybe left and um those on the left would have put forward again that goes to my point of you're going to have people with different viewpoints um when it comes to solution to dealing with racism which is a problem in itself because something happens when people don't agree with the person then how do we find that common ground and balance to ensure that this is going to be a review that is of substance and it's going to have the right recommendations to move forward. Yeah. Well, I didn't I didn't even know this was happening, so this is news to me. Um, but what I would like to see, I would like to see changes in legislation. Um, for instance, I would like to see maybe new legislation um, um, created um, in relation to um 
you know, police brutality um, and, you know, um, institutional racism. I also think that um, we need to, um, organisations need to do more in terms of putting more black people on their trustee um, boards, on their um, just like company boards, um, promoting more black people to senior positions. Um, even I feel like the church needs to do a lot more. You know, there are there are churches where that call themselves diverse, but when you look at their pastoral team or when you look at their leadership teams in terms of um, the kind of teams that they have, so they might have a serving team or stuff like that, it's not very diverse. So we need to. I I want to see more of that. I want to. I even want to see the church taking the lead um, on stuff like this because when you look back in history, it was um, the church who created racial slavery. Um, so it's it's things like that that I want to see. I need. I want to see the church taking a lead on stuff like this. I want to see more um organizations doing doing more rather than just coming on twitter saying yes you know black lives matter and doing all these performative politics i really want to see change i really want to see them doing things to elevate the 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 junior stuff that they have in their companies and organizations and charities as well because charities are not exempt from this um so that's what i would like to see does anyone else want to add anything nope that was very comprehensive I'm sorry, I was, I, I was telling you that to be short and concise, and me, I'll talk like five minutes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes to show that so much needs to change. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's something that we, anyway, we've all been talking about this for a very long time, like since this mm. podcast started. It's a personal issue, it's a per- something it runs deep for us. So, like what mm. you said, there's so much to cover. Mm. There is, there is, there is. Um, well, that's it for today, guys. We've kind of gone over time. Um, but as but if you'd like to join in the conversation with us, if you agree with what we have said, if you disagree with what we've said, if there's things you would like to see change, um, please just get involved in the conversation. You can do that by um following us on our Instagram and Twitter at the underscore consensus underscore or using the hashtag consensus podcast. Thank you for listening to us today um, and we hope to see you soon with some more discussion. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye.